0: Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, lighting upon him, and verse 17, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So, Scripture came to me yesterday and tried to read through it. I want to touch on something in that 17th verse. They heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. They used to sing a song years ago, I want my Lord to be satisfied with me. I want my life to be what He'd have it be. And when I come into that great eternity, I know my Lord will be satisfied with me. So, if the Lord will help me today, I'd like to preach to you on, is God pleased with me? So here's Jesus going down to to the river Jordan, and John's baptizing down there. And all Jerusalem came out uh, to the baptizing, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees came out to the baptizing, was going to take part in it. But John, John hesitated, didn't he? He, he said, "Wait a minute! Bring forth our fruits, meet for repentance." Another, another one of the Gospels, it said, "What came you out for to see a reed shaken with the wind?" Folks, we're not here for smoke and mirrors. We're not here to put on a show. This is to worship and praise the Lord and to please Him. And it don't matter who you are, what your job is, how much money you've got in the bank. All that matters is that the Lord is pleased with me and you. So... Here's Jesus, and a lot of times this scripture is preached about being baptized, and, and I believe it's one of our commissions that the Lord gave us to do as a church was to, was to baptize fellow believers, and it's a testimony out to the world to let them know that you've been saved by the grace of God, and that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that you're going to profess to the world that you're part of His people. But I want to really focus on, if the Lord will help me, this is my beloved Son in who I am well pleased. Is God pleased with me? A lot of times I'd have to say I've disappointed Him. I've let Him down. I know there's times that that He, that he is disappointed in me, that I've, I've not done what He'd have me to do and things like that, and that's not His fault. That's not the church's fault. That's all on me. But I'd like for him to be pleased with me. I'd like to hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Enter in to the joys of the Lord. And so I got to thinking about how, what things we could do to please the Lord. And I read over about Balaam. Whenever Balak came down from Moab and he saw the children of Israel coming his way, and he wanted Balaam, he had confidence in Balaam. He had saw Balaam's life and how Balaam lived, and that goes back to what we ta- what was taught in Sunday school. If you want people to to believe you and to believe your testimony, live it in front of them. And so evidently, Balaam had lived a life that Balak had confidence in. And he went to Balaam and he said, I want you to curse this people because I've learned that whatever is being said is what, whatever you say is going to come to pass. And so, <coughs> I'm not going to go all through it. He went and prayed two different times. And both times he blessed God's children. And on the third time that Balaam went to kneel down, he saw that it pleased the Lord to bless his people. And I said that to say this. You say, preacher, that's Old Testament stuff. Happened years and years ago. How does that pertain today? God still loves His people. God still loves His church. I know people will put it down. I know people will, will say discouraging words about it. It's the only thing on this earth that's going to heaven. And you'll go through the church to get there or you'll not go. It's the apple of his eye. Well, preacher, those old hypocrites down at church, let me tell you something. It, they don't, they're not all in church. There's some that aren't in church. And, and let me re- relay this to you. And you please pray for me for just a few minutes. I don't want to say anything in and of myself. I want to say every word the Lord gives me and nothing else. But uh, you may have been church, what they call church hurt. Let me relay this to you. Not everybody that's in the church is of the church. Not everybody that sits at a pew is one of God's children. Not everybody that has their name on the church roll book is in the center of God's will. I'm here to tell you today the church is perfect. The church, when he presents it unto himself, is going to be without spot, without wrinkle. I believe that he's presented to himself by the washing. Uh, by the washing of the water of the word. What is that? That's the gospel. Amen. And the gospel will clean things up. The gospel will point out the inconsistencies in my life. The gospel will point out the sin that's in my life. And the gospel will help me get cleaned up so that I can be presentable to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When Balaam saw that it pleased God to bless his church. How can you bless God's church? With your presence. (laughs) I know we've lived through a day in the last two years, people are afraid to gather together. I know this virus cast a fear and a doubt over our land and country that it wasn't safe to be together. But I'm here to tell you today we're learning more about it every day. We're learning more about how it's transmitted. We're learning more about how to treat it. And I'm gonna leave it in God's hands, because He made me, He was, He was good enough to me to make me a part of His church. So I'm gonna bless the church with my presence. I'm gonna bless the church with my prayer. I'm going to bless the church by being willing to do whatever God would let me to do to be a help to His church. Listen, We need each other. This is a time I know that folks will often quote the scripture, family, not the assembly of yourselves together. There's more to it than coming and sitting on the pew. If we're going to really be together, we need to worship together. We need to sing His praises together. We need to shout hallelujah together. We need to talk about His blessings and His goodness and His mercy that He's placed on every household in dirt bottoms let's bless the church (laughs) Balaam saw when he blessed God's people that it pleased the Lord and so he didn't seek out the enchantments like he had done before he got smart he realized if he blessed the church God would bless him As a matter of fact, he went as far as so far as to say, Blessed is he that blessed thee, Israel, and cursed is he that curses Israel. When you're going away from the church, when you're talking down about the church, you're moving in the wrong direction. Ask Lot. Yeah. What happened to Lot when he left Abraham? When he left those folks that had been a witness and a light before him, tragedy struck his home because he left Abraham and the children of the Lord. Oh, ass! Naomi, who who followed her husband down to Moab and lost three of her abate family. Oh, Read her testimony over in the book of Ruth, how she went away from Bethlehem, Judah, because times were lean down there and there was a famine in that land. We know God didn't always promise us, boys. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. God didn't always promise us we'd be on the mountaintop. God did always promise us that He'd have the table spread out in front of us. God didn't always promise us that we'd shout victory every time we walked through the doors.
1: But He did
0: say He'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. Oh, he'd go with us all the way, even through the valley, oh, until the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Is God pleased with me? have I blessed the church like Balaam did is God pleased with me there was a time when Israel wanted a king and they asked the Lord for a king and that's not what God wanted and they realized that they had sinned and they come before Samuel and they said Samuel we've sinned surely God is going to dishonor us Here's what Samuel had to say about that. Now listen. Did you know there's not a perfect person in the house today? There's not one. If there had been one, there'd been no need for Jesus to come with you. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All means all. That means every one of us. So Samuel told the children of Israel this. Don't you know it's pleased God to call you His people? Don't you know? Now listen. My boys aren't perfect. There's things I wish they would do, things I wish they wouldn't do, things I wish they would say, things I wish they wouldn't say. But if they committed a murder and was on death row, they'd still be mine and I'd still love them. How many times have I feel gone? I'm still his, and he still loves me. It pleases him to call you his people. You want to know something else that pleases him? It pleases him to set each one of us where he'd want us to be. 1 Corinthians, it pleases him to set each one, each member, in the place. You may not be a preacher. You may not be a study school teacher. You may not be a song leader. But if you're at the church, God's got a job for you. He'll put you exactly where he wants you to be. And when you get where he wants you to be, he'll be pleased with you. All right. Let's go on. Is God pleased with me? How often do we ask God for stuff we don't really need? How often do we ask God for things we want instead of the things that we need? So I'll read one time where God appeared. He spoke to Solomon. It's when Solomon had first become king of Israel. He was just a young man and God spoke to him in a dream and said, ask what you want. Anything you want, Solomon, just ask for it. And I'll give it to you. Here's what it says in the New Testament. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yeah. Oh, so Solomon, just ask what you want. Now Solomon could have asked for wealth. Yeah. He could have asked for fame. He could have asked for the life of his enemies. But when Solomon humbled his heart, God was pleased with him. When Solomon said, just give me the, the uh, uh, heart that I could just." As thy people so great a people. I just want to do what you tell me to do God. I just want to be, be have a righteous judgment to Lord your people. And when God saw Solomon of my heart it pleased him. He said I'm going to give you what you asked for Solomon but I'm also going to give you what you didn't ask for. I just asked for salvation but I got bored. Lord. Amen. I got a home in heaven I got peace in my heart I've got that everlasting joy I've got something I've got something Satan can't get is God pleased with me have you blessed his, blessed his people? Have you humbled your heart and prayed the way he'd like for you to pray? <laughs> Is God pleased with me? Now that we read the scripture about when Jesus went down to be baptized in Jordan, and they heard God's voice saying, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Let me tell you how it pleased God to treat his son. He should grow up as a root out of dry ground. And there is no beauty about him that we should desire to be like him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our pieces upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Go on down in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, and it has this verse. But it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Now, that's an odd term, isn't it? That's an odd sentence to think that a father would want to lay a bruise upon his child. Well, that would be considered child abuse by some folks. But it says this, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Well, what on earth does that mean? It means this. Without Jesus was wounded. Without he was bruised. Without his blood being shed. It pleased the Lord when he got down on the guard on his knees in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Amen. That's why he was pleased with him. He bruised him. How did he do that? He let him hang on the cross between the heavens and earth to pay the price for my your sins. He paid all that we could be redeemed. It pleased the Lord to bruise him so that he could pay for our redemption. Let's look on at this Christ character for a minute, will you? We read where Peter and John went up with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. And there appeared Moses and Elijah. And Jesus, and they looked on him, and it was as he was an angel of light. And again, they heard the voice saying, This is my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased here. Ye yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Is the Lord pleased with you? Have you said something worth hearing? I'm afraid a lot of times the words that come out of my mouth are wasted breath. How about you? I know they have been for me. A lot of times what's on our mind and comes out of our mouth has nothing to do with the glory of God. Is God pleased with you? Is He pleased with me? Jesus had something to say worth listening to and it pleased the Lord. When we talk about the goodness of God, when we talk about His mercy, when we talk about His grace... When we talk about his long suffering and his, his loving kindness, it pleases God. We need to change the way we think. We're so negative in this day and age. There's so much hatred going around. You know why? I could give you scriptures for that too. Because the love of many, the, because of iniquities, the love of many has waxed cold. We've got sin on our brain constantly and we're so negative, and we're so unkind, and we're even evil toward one another, we need to get back to the love of God. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the way you love. Amen. What are you talking about? What are the words coming out of your mouth? Is it only oh my, or is it talking about the love of God? How about that song, John? I believe it's number three in the book. The love of God is greater, far than tongue can ever tell. The last verse says, "If the oceans were filled with ink, you never would be able to write everything that is about the love of God." Is God pleased with me? Have you blessed His people? Have you blessed His church? Have you humbled your heart and prayed and said, Not my will, but thine be done? Have you talked about Him in a way that would be pleasing unto Him? Well, Preacher, I'm just so hurt. Well, guess what? It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. I guess it might have been Johnny mission in Sunday school. There is no one in this building that's been in church any while at all. If you've done anything for the Lord, somebody's had something to say about it. That's Sometimes it's not always kind. Sometimes it hurts. Mm-hmm. Amen. How do you think Christ felt when they nailed them nails? You, well, preacher, he was half-man. He felt everything I feel. That's right. Don't tell me he didn't feel pain. Right. So, if my heart is broken, that's nothing to my hands being nailed like his were. People have said unkind words to me, John. I've never had anybody slap me through the face. I've never had anybody take a crown of thorns and force it down on my head until the blood ran down. I've never had anyone take a lash and beat me and tear the flesh from my body until the blood poured down. I've never been so beat and so unrecognizable that even my mother could recognize who I was. I'm here to tell you today, I reckon the servants of this life are nothing to compare with the glory that shall be revealed in us at the last day. So if a tongue lashing is the worst old Satan's got for me, I've done nothing in comparison to what Satan's to what to what Jesus has done for me and you. Is the Lord pleased? Is God pleased with you? Let me tell you something else that pleases God: the foolishness of preaching. I'm not talking about making. An eloquent speech where every word is a five-syllable word. And where I have caused you to go into deep thought, think about what I might mean and might not mean. I've seen men that couldn't read their name in boxcar letters preach the gospel. You don't have to be smart to preach the gospel. You have to be called. Not by mom. Not by the church by God. The foolishness of preaching. Some of you may, and I'm going to close in just a minute and then we'll have our communion. Some of you may remember Mike Potter. Mike, I don't know what it was about him, but he'd get in a big way of preaching and the next thing you know, saliva would form. You'd see great big old white saliva all over his mouth and around And I've seen folks make fun of him because of that. They think that's foolish. They won't think so when they lift their eyes in hell. You might think it's ridiculous that the preacher raises his voice. You won't think so when you lift your eyes in hell. You might think it's silly that he can't stay still, that he stumbles over his words, That he he can't read the Bible just word for word like it's supposed to be. I'm here to tell you today, it takes an humble heart to preach the gospel. It takes the love of God to preach the gospel. And without it, you've not preached the gospel. Amen. The Lord didn't call me to straighten you out. He didn't call any preacher to do that. He called us to preach the Word. There's more between Genesis 1 and 1 and Revelations 22 and the last verse than I will ever be able to preach out in a lifetime. It don't need my opinion. It don't need my flavor. It don't need what I think is right and wrong. I just need to stick to the King James Version Bible and preach the Word. And be yesterday, it sees that it out of season. If I do that, I believe it it will please God. Is God pleased with me? We've lived to a day and age, and I'm coming to a close, where everybody thinks God is okay with me. Everybody thinks their life is okay just like it is. If I'm okay with it, surely God's okay with it. Is he God pleased with you? Have you blessed his people? Have you blessed his church? The preacher, I got hurt. I have been too. Now right here sits two deacons that have been deacons for here as long as I can remember. I guess Marty might have been ordained right after I was born or sometime right along in there. John's been here ever since the 70s. Here's another one that's been on the road a long time. I lived with a deacon. My dad was a deacon for as long as I can remember. I can't tell you the number of times that he got hurt. Somebody said something. Somebody didn't like this. Somebody didn't like that. Hateful words were spoken. But he never laid down. He never quit. He never gave up. God had a job for him. And he wanted to do the best he could for the Lord. I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to quit. Can you hear that saying? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I want to please the Lord. When you don't bless His people with your presence, you're not pleasing to the Lord. Now, let, let me just say this. I, I don't know why I'm just scattered here and, there and everywhere this morning, but I want to say this. And I said a minute ago, there's more to it than just coming and sitting on the pew. And I quoted part of the verse, failing not the assembling of yourselves together. But here's your part, not just the preacher's part, not just the song leader's part, not just the Sunday school teacher's part. This is for you, exhorting one another. You don't need to come to church for me to beat you down. And you won't very long, will you? If I got up and just beat and hammered on you, and there's scripture for that. Did you know that? When Israel had to go get the lamb before the Passover, it had to be roasted with fire. It couldn't be sodden with water or eaten raw. It had to be roasted with fire. I can tell you how good you are all day long. That's not going to help you. That's watered down gospel. Amen. Yeah. I can beat and hammer on you and tell you how sorry you are. And I've seen churches, They think a man's not preached. If he's not done that, shame on them. It's not my job to tell you where you're living with the Lord and whether or not he's pleased with you. Only you and God know. Is God pleased with you? Why would God be pleased? Exhorting one another. Let me cover that. You know what exhorting means? Exhorting is just the opposite of being put down. Exhorting is just the opposite of having unkind words. Exhorting is saying something that will help somebody. That will lift them up. That will strengthen them. That will encourage them. That will make them think, hey, I could do something to please the Lord. That's what exhorting means. And if there's ever been a day that we need to lift one another up, it's the day that we live in. I thought as Johnny did such a good job teaching Sunday school this morning about Paul being on the ship and he got down to the park were that the ship was broke up. And they told the prisoners whoever could swim could swim and whoever couldn't to grab onto part of the ship or grab onto a board. I thought of this as he, was, as he was talking about that. Well, I can swim a little, but if you want me to tread water for more than a minute or two, I'm in trouble. If you want me to tread water for more than a minute or two or if the distance I've got to swim is much more than the, the, the width of this church, I'm hurting. So if I can swim for a little bit, if I can't make it all the way in, I'm just going to grab hold of the piece of the ship until I can make it to the other shore. Amen. Amen. Yeah. There's something good, folks. About the church. Yeah. There's something you just can't get anywhere else. All right. Is God pleased with me? We're living in a day where everybody thinks God's okay with how they're living. Now I see it all the time. I see it on Facebook. People claim to be a homosexual and being in the center of God's will. Well, you're just picking on those folks. That is sin, just like lying is a sin. Drunkenness is a sin, just like covetousness is a sin. It's all black, and we've all been involved in sin some way or another. The problem is, we want to pretend we don't see it. We want to pretend that our behavior is a-okay with God. If it's a sin in God's word, it's still a sin. Amen. Yeah. All right. Living in a day where everybody thinks that God is okay with them, and they're just going to go on off to heaven, that's not biblical. Let me give you some Bible and then I'll be done in a minute. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many be that go in there at. If everybody that said they were going to heaven was going, there wouldn't be a but a few at the gate, would there? the The gate would be broad, and everybody would walk in. But this is what the Bible says about it: Broad is the way that leads to destruction; many be that go in there at. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way. That leadeth to life everlasting, and few there be that go in there and you know who that's gonna be. That's gonna be the children that please God. That's gonna be his family, that's gonna be the ones that he shed his blood for. If you want to please God when he knocks on your heart, accept it. Ask him to come into your heart. I like the song that the little kids sing every once in a while: Into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. One of the best things I ever did was ask Jesus to come into my heart to save this old boy. We all want to think that God's going to look at us and say, Well done. We all want to think that we're in the center of God's will. This, we like that part of this scripture, don't we? Where it says, Well done. Read on. Thou hast been faithful, and that's not where that verse ends, is it? Over a few things. That's enter into the joys of the Lord. Now, John often has you raise your hand if you know a sinner. And I believe I could get 100% on this if I asked you to raise your hand. Have you ever made a mistake? You ever done something you wish you could take back, or words you wish you could take back, things you could, things you could undo if you had the chance to do them over? yeah. We're all in that boat, ain't we? All have sinned to come short. That's what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. But he didn't say you had to be perfect. He just said you had to be faithful over a few things. Here's the most important thing you have to be faithful over. You have to trust him in your salvation. You have to give him your soul. When he knocks, and that fear sits on your heart, and you know that there's a possibility you could die and go to hell, right then is the time to please the Lord. Right then is the time to talk to him, to call on him, to invite him into your heart, to ask him to save you through his marvelous grace. Is God pleased with me? Now we're about to have communion here just a second. This is what the scriptures, and I usually don't read this. John John quoted it. But it says this let a man examine himself. And I've read the Baptist Church member. And some of you may disagree with me on this. You don't have to be a church member to take part in communion. You don't have to be a Baptist to take part in communion, but you must be born again. You must have passed from death into life. Jesus said, "This is my body that was broken for you. This is the blood that was shed on Calvary for you." Do this in remembrance of me. I have seen. Well, here it is. In remembrance of me. That's a message in and of itself, right there. We're pretty forgetful sometimes. Is God pleased with me? If He's not right now, is the time to fix that. If He's not right now, is the time to come on His name. Is God pleased with me? Is He pleased with you?